Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we are going to do a deep dive into dating while Black, Christian, and single. And guess what? We have some amazing things that we're going to be talking about and sharing with you. This is going to be a funny, lighthearted episode, so we really hope that you enjoy it. All right. So for those of you who don't know, that was a theme song for the iconic 90s TV show Living Single, which is the perfect lead into a really fun segment that we did last season. We're bringing it back this season. It's called Tell Me, But Don't Check Me. So we're going to do it the dating edition, okay? So this is where we're going to share our honest opinion about things that we love in less than a minute. So Catherine, you are up first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get into it. Okay. So, number one, who's the better TV partner? Lawrence from Insecure or Obi from Living Single? I feel like I have to go with Obi. I mean, as much as I loved Lawrence and their kind of get back together episode in this, it just, he's too inconsistent. I feel like Obi is like solid. Very, very true with that one. Um, worst TV partner, Andre from Blackish or Kenya from Black AF? Um, I feel like for me, this is a toss up. They're both very immature, but I'm going to go with Kenya <laughs> from Black AF because I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I pray for a brother. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a little rough. Um, okay. Perfect first date, dinner in a movie or a museum and brunch? Museum and brunch, for sure. Like something a little different and brunch is like the perfect meal. So 100%. More important, sense of humor or sense of adventure? go with sense of humor but yeah that's a good one would you rather have someone who's really smart or a really good listener a really good listener for sure biggest turn off um bad manners or a know-it-all bad manners like if you're rude to people if you mistreat waitresses with no go no go um preferred online dating platform bumble or match i'm gonna say bumble because it you don't get as many randos (laughs) That is, that's very true. <laughs> okay, Faith, your turn. Okay, better TV partner, Lawrence from Insecure or Obi from Leaving Single? I'm going to say Obi for sure. I just, he's, he's really good. He's so loving. Yes. Worst TV partner, Andre from Blackish or Kenya from Black AF? Kenya. <laughs> he's the worst. Um, perfect first date, dinner and a movie, museum and brunch. Museum and brunch because every weekend I'm having brunch by myself. So, I mean, <laughs> if somebody else wants to join, then come through. Yes. Okay. More important, sense of humor, sense of adventure. Um, I'm going to say sense of humor because I'm like silly and goofy, but I'm not like a funny jokester person. And I like when people make good jokes and I feel like I have enough adventure for two people. So, you know, that would be a good compliment. Yeah, that's very true. You do have enough of a sense of adventure for two people. Um, Okay, would you rather someone who's really smart or a really good listener? A good listener. Yeah. For sure. Um, Biggest turnoff, bad manners or know-it-all? Bad manners. Because, you know, I've gone on some dates with people with bad manners, and it's just disturbed my soul, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Preferred online dating platform, Bumble or Match? Bumble. I do like Bumble better than Match, for sure. 
Yeah. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed Tell Me, Don't Check Me, Dating Edition. That was fun. So we're going to get into the meat of the episode. Um, Last season, we talked a lot about what it's like to try and date as a Black Christian single woman. But Faith, what are some things that you think actually make it more difficult to date as a Black single Christian woman? I'm going to say in the context of 2020, because I feel like my answer for now would be even different than it was last year, because we are in a whole new world. Um, I think that one of the things that makes it more difficult is people don't really know how to communicate and connect anymore. Um, we are oversaturated now digitally. And so we're also dealing with like this sense of like, everybody's tired, emotionally tired. And I really want to have a black man, but then sometimes like mental health and emotionally, like a lot of black men are going through it. And so I just feel like, Right now, as a black Christian single woman, some of the main barriers to meeting somebody and having a healthy connection are the fact that I think people are emotionally tapped out, grieving, dealing with emotional trauma, and um, a pandemic. And so I think all of those things have proven to be um, really difficult things. Now, I think that it has brought some people together in some ways. So I'm going to say that. I think some people have been able to find a person or bond during this time. But I also think it has been difficult, um, especially when people are trying to process through their own stuff. So that's what I'm going to say um, on some of the things that are more difficult. And if just watching the social dilemma, it's like we're overconnected to these gosh darn phones and these apps know our whole lives. And um, I think even that in and of itself makes connection on any level, like much more difficult than it was before we had technology. Yeah, I agree. I think dating in a pandemic is really hard because it's also too like, you know, like the idea that like maybe you don't feel really comfortable like going to restaurants. And so... It could be, I don't know, like, I just feel like for me, like, I have struggled, even with, like, online dating, to kind of maintain momentum, I think. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, I don't know when a point is going to come when we're actually going to meet in person. And and that, I think, just is hard. And I also think what makes it difficult is just, I think, to me, like, in a Christian space, I think so many men have been fed, like, a very limiting idea of what it is to be a good Christian wife. And you know, like, and a lot of the narrative around that that has been fed is uh, not really friendly, anti-black woman. Let's just, let's be real. It's anti-black woman. And so I think that makes it difficult. Um, But yeah, I would agree. I think the pandemic has made like unique dating challenges, but I also think just some of it, like the Christian culture is not that favorable to black women. And then it's like also too, there's like, I don't know, like, there are lots of stories about how black men are, like, leaving the church. So then it's, like, you go to church, and for every one black man, there's, like, 15, you know, black women. And so it just, it's rough in these streets. And so um, so I think that makes it difficult. And I think even the thing, like, to your point of, like, wanting to, like, maybe have a black man or a black male partner. Um, but I also think, we've talked about this before, it's, like, other races aren't as open to dating. So it's not even that, like, idea of, like, oh, this is the only, this is the only avenue, but it does feel like some ways this is the only avenue. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, with Black women, there's so many negative stereotypes you're, like, battling up against. It's kind of like, I mean, you you feel it in your own community, you feel it in other communities, and it's just like, God, like, okay. (laughs) So it's hard. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, it's, 
yeah, the streets are not favorable. <laughs> you know, but you know, as your mom said, we only need one. So just need one. I don't I don't need every man in the street. I just need one. Just just one good one. Yeah. Um Okay, so Catherine, as a woman in ministry, um, do you feel like that adds a layer of difficulty for you personally? Like whenever you're looking for um, a man, you're dating, all that other stuff, like what is that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's like weird because I, first of all, I think you have to be like super, it's like a weird, um, yeah, I feel like you have to be super cautious because I think there is this sort of, because our minds have been so warped about purity culture and all those things there's this idea that it's like if I go you know talk to you that I'm like interested in you because I'm single and like obviously like you're so attractive that like we can't have a professional conversation about the bible and it's like no I'm literally just I'm just trying to do my job like I it's fine um but I also think there's like this additional level of scrutiny because I do think in ministry there is a preference for people to be married and so I think there's also this pressure it's like when are you gonna get married and like I don't know how be the bridge is but in other Christian organizations it's like it's not just that I work with you it's like that I'm intimately involved in your personal life and so it's like do you have a boyfriend when was who are you going out with and it's like you can't get that same separation I think that you maybe get in my experience that I got in more like secular environments where it's like people do kind of respect that boundary and so I do feel like there's a pressure to be married and then it's like a double-edged sword. There's like a pressure to be married and then you're penalized for not being married and your thought of is like the whole like Billy Graham role thing of like you can't be alone with women that are not your wives. And so, um, yeah, this view of women as single women as some sort of threat to your ministry, I think makes it sometimes kind of difficult. So you, we have talked a lot about online dating. Faith is a expert online dater. So I'm going to take this opportunity to get some tea for my own self um, of how I can be better. So Faith, what are your kind of tips and tricks for online dating? And I think also too, for someone who maybe might be more reluctant to try it, what would you say is your best sales pitch for online dating? Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm an expert because I ain't got no boo. So um, (laughs) (laughs) let's just say I've been an expert at trying. Um, Let's just say I've given it my best shot. Um, I'm going to say tips. I think that you like when you make your profile, you should be like you should make sure it encompasses like the aspects of who you are. So like I like to um, go running or read books or travel or whatever those aspects of you are. I think you should definitely make sure those things are reflected. And I would say you definitely want to look for like really genuine conversation. Make sure that the person who's talking to you like their name looks like a real person's name and not like a fake name because that has happened. Let me just tell you. Um, And Bumble has this new feature where like you can call somebody within the app. And so I would definitely say if anybody like you, anytime somebody like matches and then they immediately want to talk, don't do it. Um, I did it like one or two times and I immediately regretted it um, for sure (laughs) one time. And I, and he, he was calling me and I, and I was just trying to do the phone feature, okay? Like, I don't want to FaceTime. I think I was, like, taking my braids. I don't know what I was. It was something. And he just wanted to FaceTime and kept FaceTiming. And I was like, this is awful. I had to unmatch him because he immediately started to go into, like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're just, like, so beautiful. And 
he was basically trying to talk like we could have a future together. And I'm like, I've been on FaceTime with you for five minutes. Like, hold on, hold on. So um, definitely talk to a person. <laughs> I would say a little bit via text before you like jump into the phone or the FaceTime pieces. Um, and I would say, I, this is one thing I always do, always meet somebody in a public space. This is why it's a little bit complicated right now during um, COVID. But always meet somebody in a perfect space, uh, public space. I always make sure somebody knows where I'm at and has my location. So that way I, you know, don't get taken. And um, if you are reluctant, I would say you just need to, like, give it a try and just see and talk and have some conversations. Um, I know some friends who have just made good friends off of it, like um, become friends with some people. And um, it's just been, you know, fun to experience. I think everybody has their own experience with online dating and none of them are the same like literally none of them and so I think that you can't take your friend's experience and expect it to be yours I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that you're gonna get online and it's like oh my friend met a person like it's gonna work out like that for me or they did these things like I did everything my friends told me they did it did not work for me so I think you have to figure out what works for you personally and then just take it from there. I per- I haven't been on online in a, several months, though. I've, like, put it, put it to rest for now. I have to take breaks. Um, but I think if you do it, you just have to kind of know what works for you in your conversation. But, sis, if being online is going to put you in, like, a negative headspace, I do not Don't encourage do it. it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, I think that's really, um, I think that's really solid advice. I mean, as someone who was more reluctant before Faith and then another friend kind of like convinced me to try, I mean, it really isn't, one, I think there's, there's not a stigma around it as much anymore because everybody, I mean, especially in a pandemic, like you can't do like the normal things you would do. So like, I would say normally like join clubs or like, you know, go like all those kinds of ways that doing things that you enjoy, but maybe joining you know, if you like going to museums, joining, like, the museum, like, the club of, like, sponsorship because they have, like, special events and stuff like that. Like, none of that is happening. And so, like, if you do want to, like, be meeting people, at least for now in the situation that we're in, I mean, I think it's one avenue of doing that. But I, to Faith's, your point, like, if it puts you in a negative headspace or, like, if it's just not for you, which, it, you know, it's just not for you. And I'm, but, I mean, I don't know. I was reluctant. I gave it a try. And Bumble, I mean, it really... It wasn't super scary, and, I mean, I didn't meet anybody, but it wasn't a totally horrible experience. I think I was expecting the worst, and it was it was fine. Um, and I think that part of that is because Bumble kind of puts it in your court, so you're not being contacted by a bunch of, like, random guys. I do think, oh, I did want to say about, <laughs> if, if we have any male listeners, telling a girl on the first FaceTime or first date that you're, like, madly in love with her and want to, that, and maybe it's just Faith and I's personality, but... That was very scary. <laughs> that's an immediate turn off for me. I'm like, and that's a no, my guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, you don't know me. Like, that's weird. I don't know. I Yeah. And when, like, you read a profile, like, that's not who I am. So I would say that, um, yeah, I would agree with that. Those are good tips. I'm going to put that. Well, I would, yeah, I'm going to put those into practice. I mean, the FaceTime thing, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, let that, you know, build up. You know, be surprised. Um, So, Catherine, do you have the list, the list of what you would like in a partner, what's on it? Um, How has it changed as you've gotten older, even? Yeah, I mean, I feel like 
you, I, who doesn't have a list? I mean, does, I mean, does that person exist? Um, I would say the things that are on it. I mean, obviously I want, I would like someone who's a Christian, uh, and who's involved, not just a Christian, someone who's maybe involved in their church. But I think two of the things that I didn't think were important when I was younger, but I think are on my list is, as I've gotten older, is like, who are your mentors? And then what are the type of people that you're like friends with? Um, just because as I've gotten older, like I value those relationships a lot. And I just think to me, this goes back to like last episode about being teachable. To me, if you don't have mentors or if you have bad mentors, I'm like, who, the people that are shaping you, what is their character like? Because then it's like they're, you're being shaped like them. And I just have realized that like, even if I have met guys that I'm like, oh, you're like a good guy. But then I like meet your friends and I'm like, there's some disconnect. Like, you're here, there, well, something's not adding up. And then eventually it's like, oh, that's why you're friends. <laughs> oh, I get it. That's why you're friends. Like you are actually more like them than you first appeared. So that is yeah. something that I think as changes I've gotten older, is just like paying attention to, like, do you have mentors? Who are they? Who are your friends? Um, I really value um, someone who can like tell the truth and like as someone who appreciates people that are like upfront um, and as someone who's upfront, I don't really care for people that beat about around the bush. Yes. Um, I, so even if it's like, and I, I think my personality type, because I mean, I think I'm introverted, but I also am a lot. And I think I have a lot of like public facing job stuff. Um, but someone who's like quieter and like could be a calming counterbalance, but I don't also don't want like someone who's a pushover. So like I my image is like someone who's like a rock, like very calm under the surface, but like you're doing too who will be like, Catherine, you're doing too much. <laughs> like yeah. roll, you know. Um, so that's really important to me. I think someone who's funny, I actually do want someone who has a sense of adventure because I, unlike you, I don't think I'm a super adventurous. And so someone that would be like, hey, we should try this or like do this thing. Cause like a lot of times I'll try new things and I'm like, oh, I really like this, but I just it just doesn't occur to me in my day-to-day life. So those are some of the things that are on my list. But yeah, I would think it would be crazy if you're single and dating and don't have a list. So Faith, what's on your list and has it changed as you've gotten older? So on my list, you know, I honestly feel like my, I had like, I would always have a little list in my journals growing up as a young, you know, girl, um, a good little Christian girl, just trying to honor the Lord and all this purity culture stuff. Like you, you know, write the vision, make it plain. Um, (laughs) I had a vision. Um, And I honestly feel like though, as I've gotten older, I kind of like torched this little paper that's been like, it has to be this. Um, And I'm more so in reflective of the like kind of person in terms of like, um, I've, I've met and dated very interesting people who in some ways had the things on the paper, but I've realized that there is a feeling that I get when I am with someone who is actually a genuine, kind, caring, considerate, um, human being that, I have an ease with and I think there's a lot of different characteristics um, about a person that can manifest themselves in different ways like 
kindness looks different on different people and different personalities, right? Compassion looks different for different people and their personalities. And so I want somebody who is um, the kind of person that I connect with so easily that there is an ease to it, to where it doesn't feel like work. Um, And I think I want somebody of faith and of character that loves people, um, that is funny because I love funny people and hanging around people that are funny. I think because my family is so goofy. I'm a goofy person, but I'm not like a joke, jokester, funny person. Like I can just come come with comebacks and I'm not good at that. Um, And so I would love somebody who's funny that makes me laugh. I'm crazy and adventurous in terms of like, let's just get up and go and like, let's have fun and let's do something right now. Let's go drive four hours somewhere just because um, kind of a person. And so I think it would be cool to have somebody to kind of like counter uh, or like balance that in me. Um, Also, I would say I think it would be really cool. I want somebody who's um, I probably don't need a, an extrovert exactly like I am. I'm more so of yeah. an extrovert. So um, I probably need somebody who's a little bit more um, like social, but also can like is probably more mellow than my personality is um, and can just tell me the truth. Like I want you to give me the like the absolute truth. No like crazy sugar coating. I mean, I grew up in a family that like tells you about yourself. And so um, I think I would want that, you know, in a person. And so for me, it's all about like, is this a person that I can just get along with, have an ease with that represents like the, the traits that I want? And if that's the case, then yeah, cool, let's go. But I know that that quote unquote list is going to look different on each person personality wise. And so now I've just kind of gotten a sense of like who I am better as a person, which means that when I encounter somebody, I'm like, oh, yeah, like you're closer to what I know that like I could interact with and and work well with like personality wise. And that's great. So. Yeah, I, I mean, say. I think, yeah, I think the thing you never put on your list when you're little is, like, or younger is chemistry. And to your point, like, you can have, you know, like, all these things on your list and this guy hit every single one and then, like, the chemistry isn't just, is just not there. Um, I also would say, I think it's important to date outside of your list um, yes. because I think there are things, like, the thing about mentors and friends, like, I would not have thought, like, okay, that's something important to consider until I, like, dated someone and I was like, oh, wait, like, you know, and so I just think, I think it's important to date outside your list because I think, yeah, people are so different and to your point, like, people show compassion in different ways, people show kindness in different ways, and so dating outside your list lets you kind of experience more of those things and, like, who knows um yeah who knows like I think maybe our vision is so limited and you know I'm you know just face point like I'm still not sure how much social media or like media culture generally has like impacted my ideas about like what's a good husband or partner and so um yeah I think it's important to be adventurous and date outside your list And then I will say for my parents' marriage, like, they've been married 40 years this year. Um, shout out to Eddie and Zelda. It, I think it's important to be friends. Yes. <laughs> so, like, because I think it just goes, like, you just, when you're married to someone for that long or if you're planning to be married for a long time, it just, your feelings, like, ebb, ebb and flow 
you're feel yeah i mean like i think you love the person but someone you're friends with i think you have a level of commitment that maybe you know during tough times i think you're more likely to like re-engage like uh my pastor always says him and his wife have been married 40 plus years too but one thing he used to always say that i think really stuck with me and like has an impacted my thinking about this is like you know we've had some not great days but every year has been a good year and his kind of thing is like there is kind of this like ebb and flow and I think you have to both be like flexible but I think it's easier to do that with someone you're like I just like you as a person like you're a good (laughs) you're a good friend and I know I can trust you and that you have my back and um yeah I'm willing to like stick with this and I will say I think those are important characteristics to develop even as you're dating um I used to have this guy friend that would like break up with girls with like drop the hat and he'd be like, Oh, well, when I meet the right one, I won't do that. And <laughs> that is Sarah. actually guys, if you know, you know, that is actually not what happened when he got married. <laughs> so, um, cause I think you're developing habits on how you engage people. I think we don't think we are, but we are. Um, and so, yeah, I just, my encouragement date outside of your list. Um, okay. So I think, you know, as someone who's been single a long time, um, I think I have seen over and over again, people have a tendency to like wait. Um, and I think part of that is like purity culture of like, okay, like you buy, when you get married, you buy a house together, you get special China, you have, you know, bridal showers and engagement parties. And so you spend a lot of time. I think that encourages you to spend a lot of time waiting to do the special things that are for married people. Um, for you, Faith, is there something you thought you'd wait to do, but you've decided to do even while you're, while you're single? Um, and what kind of changed your thinking about waiting to do things? So I want, there's like a few, like one is a small thing and then one's a bigger thing. So one small thing that I always wanted once I started cooking more was a KitchenAid mixer. I really wanted one, and for a while I was waiting because I was like, well, this is one of those things you're supposed to get when you get married, and, you know, you're supposed to put it on your registry and let people get it for you. Um, But I think I was 27, and I was like, you know what, I want one, and I'm going to get it because I deserve a KitchenAid mixer. (laughs) And so (laughs) I I don't have to be suffering with a hand-hand mixer. (laughs) So... (laughs) I got myself a KitchenAid mixer because I wanted it and I could have one. Um, But that purity culture mindset of like, you have to wait until you get married to get certain things like that was definitely impacting me and how I was showing up when it came to this stuff. And um, I continue to find myself dismantling like those thoughts, those purity culture do's and don'ts. Right. And the big thing that I really wanted to do was go to Paris. So for my 27th birthday, I think, I went to Paris. Um, and I I loved it. Like, it was so much fun. I was actually supposed to go with the guy I was dating at the time, and we broke up and we didn't go together. Um, and I was kind of sad, and I was like, this is supposed to be like this, you know, I wanted to go with somebody I love because it's like the city of love and all of this stuff. And I ended up going with my mom, um, but I decided to go anyways because I deserved to have my dream of going to Paris, whether I was with a man that I loved or not, because I, as a person and a human being, am radically loved. 
And the city of love is not just reserved for couples. I am deeply loved by my family and my friends, and I got to experience um, an amazing, amazing, beautiful place with my mother who birthed me and loves me and cherished me and sang me a uh, happy birthday um, with like a, a, a candle and a little Aww, cup in a cupcake so from Starbucks. And I'm like smiling at her and crying because I'm like, I'm single. Like, you know, <laughs> I love your mom so much. She's like literally the most encouraging person. I love her so much. She's so sweet. That does not surprise me at all. And she is so sweet. She like encouraged me and affirmed me that whole week when I was just feeling like, uh, like, you know, whoa, whoa, it's me. And um, but she reminded me that like, no, like it's amazing that you're you. Right. And so I I wanted to see the world and I started to travel and go all over. And the one thing I told myself and I will tell all of you is that I'm here and I'm enjoying this place and I can always come back with somebody that I deeply love, but I don't have to not go because I'm waiting on somebody. I want to see the world now. I love seeing the world and I'm going to, and I'm not going to let the fact that maybe I meet a guy and he hasn't traveled as much as me make me feel bad. Like, oh, well, great. You've seen everything. No, like there's more to see. You never see everything um, at one place in the first time. You have to go several times to continue to get like the full scope of things. So if you want to travel do it. If you want your KitchenAid mixer, you know, go get it. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. It's really simple, but honestly, you're doing yourself a disservice by thinking that because you haven't reached some certain milestone that you don't deserve to go and do and be. Like you don't have to have a person um, to go experience. Yeah, no, those are really good ones. I travel is one I um, on my list as well that I yeah, if I want to go someplace, I will go. Um, I think two of the things that immediately come to mind is I had always associated living in a house by myself with being like that that's not right. Like you can live in a house with roommates, you can live in an apartment as single, but as a single woman to either own your house or rent a house just for you, you shouldn't do that. Um, and I was like, I don't understand why I'm waiting. I prefer to live alone and I want mm -hmm. more space because I wanted an office. Like I wanted to have a guest bedroom um, where my, um, you know, when people would come to visit, they could stay with me. And my parents like had a house that like we had other relatives and like we're renting out at some point. And it just, at, at a certain point, like I lived in Austin for this long time and I refused to like live there because I was like, oh, I don't want to live by myself because like single women shouldn't live in a house by themselves. It's not safe. Like, what does that communicate? And then like four years ago, I was like, this is stupid. Like, like why, why do I think that? Like yeah. I can live in a house, you know, you can buy a house by yourself as like a single woman and it was fine. Like I never felt unsafe. I had like the best neighbor. Um, and yeah, I was just so much happier. And I realized that I was like denying myself um, something based on this, yeah, this archaic antiquated idea about like who can live where. And like, honestly, a lot of that stuff doesn't matter. Like no one else thinks that. Like no one is like, oh, you know, and so you're, we're, I felt like I realized I was like restricting myself unnecessarily. And um, so that's like a big one. And then my other one is, I always celebrate Valentine's Day. I used to get really sad that I'm like by myself or whatever. Um, but it's the same thing. Like I'm radically loved. My mom is like so great about sending like little presents, like, I don't know, Halloween, 
St. Patrick's Day, depending on the year, whatever. So she would always send stuff on Valentine's Day, and I'd be like, oh, you know, I got a Valentine for my mom. But, but to your point, like, just because you're not in a relationship with someone doesn't mean you're not loved and celebrated. And so, like, leaning into the people that love and celebrate you, so, like, going, we, had the last couple of years, we've had, like, um, breakfast for dinner, like, we have brunch at night with, like, my girlfriends, or, like, my parents, or even if I'm by myself, like, I will buy myself flowers, and it's, like, why, I think, I understand why people feel bad about Valentine's Day, or why people would not want to celebrate it, but for me, if Valentine's Day is cel- is about celebrating love, and you are loved, and or you love yourself, like, why right, can't yeah. I participate in that? event and so I think my mindset about Valentine's Day has has changed um as I've gotten older and I and I will say this I'm putting my friends on notice when I graduate with this master's of divinity you will be getting an invitation and you will be getting um some sort of registration situation because (laughs) I have celebrated so many babies I'm happy to do it I love 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 my friend's children's and like wedding stuff or whatever and this is like a big accomplishment it's taken me five and a half years to finish and yeah I really want to celebrate so I probably will lord willing and if we're out of this pandemic have a party and so I just think like things like that like I mean if you're still single like you have different milestones and you're worth celebrating like Marriage and having kids are not the only life milestones that matter. So if you're graduating, (laughs) if you're graduating from grad school, if you're buying a new house, like, I don't know, if you got a promotion on your job, like those are milestones too. And you're worth celebrating even if you never get married and you never have kids. So um, I will say that's my plug for that. I love that so much. And I don't think we talk about it enough. So, um, okay, we're going to wrap this up. This is the last thing I'm going to ask you, Catherine, that we're going to discuss. Um, As somebody who desires marriage, how do you deal with the disappointment and the waiting? Um, So I think the thing that first comes to mind is I celebrate all the great things in my life. Like, I think it's so easy to focus on the one thing you don't have. And I think this goes for any circumstance. Um, I think when you dwell on the negative or like the things you don't have, I think that kind of feeds the disappointment and waiting. And it doesn't mean that it's, you know, like that I don't feel those feelings, but then I think about all the great things I do have in my life. And it's like, okay, like, okay, there's this one thing I really want that I don't have, but look at, you know, these, all these other things, like my law degree, I've traveled to all these countries, you know, my parents are in good health, like, you know, my siblings are doing well. And so it just, I think when you balance the scale for me, I always feel like the good always kind of outweighs the bad. And then I think the other thing is, you know, the Bible says, like, you know, God doesn't withhold good gifts. And I just think, and if I, if that is the mindset in which I, like, think about who God is and how he cares for me, like, I'm like, he's not holding back, like, and he's given me all these other great things. And so it just means that right now that is not a good gift. Like, and I think realistically, faith, (laughs) just, I don't know about you, but like where I feel like right now my life is a little bit of chaos and I just like, I don't know if I could handle the pressure of also, I don't know. I don't know. It's all in the Lord's timing, but I do also feel like that also too is really helpful for me. And I think, you know, like I, I really think like when we can travel again, like traveling, going to see new places, doing things with my family and friends, like it's just a reminder, like I'm not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And there's so many beautiful things to see in the world. And so, like, yeah, I don't have this one thing that I really want, but I have all these other great things. And so, I don't know. Those are the things that help me. I don't know. What do you think helps you deal with disappointment and waiting? I think, like, just being honest and, like, saying I'm disappointed, you know, I think helps me. Um, And this is, like, I can laugh about it now, but the the other, I want to say maybe a week or two ago, I was just in a funk. I was in a funk about being single. I wasn't happy about it. And I was talking to my mom and... Oh, it was about turning, it was about turning 30 and being single. And I was talking to my mom and I was like making a taco and I'm like talking to her being like kind of like sarcastically goofy type talking about my singleness. Yeah. And, but then I'm like crying and eating this taco and I'm like, this is like, I'm so like frustrated, you know, all this other stuff. Um, But I think, like, being honest about my disappointment has helped me to be a better single person because I'm not trying to pretend and I'm not trying to act like it doesn't matter to me because it does. But I've also, once again, I think this comes with, like, that deprogramming from purity culture stuff. Um, I've also learned, though, that there are a lot of beautiful and valuable things in my life, like you said. And um, this marriage and and having children one day is one aspect, an aspect of my life that I do want, um, but it's not my entire life, right? And so I think that for me, choosing to acknowledge that and not let it be something that like completely derails me or makes me feel like, oh, well, like I'm I'm not fulfilling what I feel I should fulfill simply because I don't have this aspect in my life. It's like, no, like there's, you know, and my mom reminds me of this all the time. Like, it's not that you haven't had opportunities to be with somebody and to be married. Let's start there. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I sure. have had those opportunities. Um, they just weren't the right people. And I said no. Two, um, I... A, a myriad of the things that I've wanted to do in life, I've done. I've said I wanted to travel extensively. I've done that. I said I wanted to live alone. I live alone. Um, I said that I wanted to have a great job and love my career. I do. You know, and so I think for me, it's like having to remind myself um, that God has been faithful. There have been things that I've asked him to do in my life, and he has done them and is continuing to do them. And it's not all happening all at the same time. And so maybe this aspect of my life for marriage and children comes a little bit later, you know, but um, God has still been really good and he has still been really faithful in terms of um, really meeting me where I'm at and um, the desires that I have. And so I just think that I'm just learning continuously that the very thing sometimes you want so bad and can focus on um, that can kind of cause you to miss the the goodness that's happening all around you, right? So, um, and I just have an amazing family that encourages me and has never said to me that marriage is everything. So um, it's a part of your life, but it's not your whole life and it's not your identity. So my encouragement to you if you're struggling is you do you, girl. And, um, or if we have some guys listening, you do you, dude. I mean, do what you got to do. And I will say, I don't know if you saw, but on um, that Instagram account, Because of Them We Can, which if you don't follow, 
you need to get that in your Instagram feed because everybody needs a little positivity sometime. There was a woman, 54-year-old black woman who had never been married before and got engaged last week, I think. And she just wrote this like long post about like what she did with her singleness and all that. And I just, it was so encouraging to me because I also think we spend a lot of time like focusing on the thing we don't have that we miss living and doing the things that we do have. And I think you know, just coming from a, like a faith background, if that is what God has for you, that's what God has for you, whether it's at 25 or 54. And I just think if you, you know, if it is that God has that for me at like 45, like I don't want to spend 12 years or 13 years, like focusing on the fact that I don't have that because God was always going to do that, if that makes sense. And like, I don't know, like, I just feel like we waste so much time yeah, and I agree. I think being honest, like, that it, you know, there are times when being single is not the greatest. And, like, you know, I'm a big proponent of feeling your feelings. So if it sucks, it sucks, and you should tell someone. Um, yeah. On that note, um, we want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, if you know any quality single men, don't be afraid to jump in our DMs. But now it's time for our favorite segment, Go Off Sis. This is a segment where we discuss things we love or want to bless from this week and things that are just a straight up mess. Faith is going to kick us off this week. So something that I am loving right now is that the heat is dissipating. Okay, y'all, fall is here in Atlanta and I am here for it. I love fall. I love pulling out those, you know, your fall clothes and I'm excited to pack up these summer clothes because I'm ready for cozy sweater weather. The other thing that I'm going to say, okay, so my mess, whoo, mm, I think the, I think 45 has launched a 1776 project, I think, is that's what it is? I don't know. Patriotic something commission, and I just tell you, my soul cries out in, in my soul cries. <laughs> it's out. not. It's not funny. But sometimes you just gotta laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I'm I, every day I'm being punked and gaslighted, and so um, that's what I'm gonna say. My messes. I'm just gonna leave it there. If you don't know, um, readers are leaders. I really like to say that every week because I hope that we become better readers. Go look it up, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I would say the thing about that, like the reason why it's a mess is because this idea that we cannot tell the truth. I mean, just we talked about this in Rwanda. Like we don't know, to quote Faith, we don't know what needs to be reconciled if we're not willing to tell the truth. So to tell a version of American history that is all rainbows and butterflies and does not deal with the legacy of slavery and the reality of what that institution was is erasure and it's not healthy for the health of our nation going forward to ever really get over that if we were just going to pretend like it didn't happen. So that's, you know, and then readers are leaders, read the rest. Um, my bless is also fall related, all pumpkin everything. Sweater weather is life. I went to Trader Joe's uh, with my parents last weekend because I, the grocery stores where I live now in Waco, as much as I love H-E-B, I miss Whole Foods, I miss Trader Joe's, I miss Central Market. Ooh, wait, Whole Foods. This is what I need you to do for me. I need you to ship me that Whole Foods Torgy's queso because it is not 
in Atlanta. I searched the website. I searched everywhere. It's not here. Okay. Thank you for telling me that because I will get on that and I will make sure you get that in the mail. But Trader Joe's has all their pumpkin stuff. So I bought pumpkin soup. I have pumpkin pasta sauce, pumpkin ravioli, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin pancakes. I'm very excited for fall. Um, And so that is my blessing is that even though the weather in Texas hasn't totally accepted the fact that summer is over, um, you know, everybody's putting out their pumpkins and fall things. Did you Uh, say pumpkin ravioli? Yes, girl. Mm-mm. I'm have to put you on it, Faith. And with the pumpkin sauce. What? <laughs> a, <laughs> a pumpkin sauce on pasta? God is good. It's like pumpkin. I think rather than tomato being like the main um, ingredient, like I still think it has a little bit of tomato in it. It pumpkin is more, and it's like a mixture of. I don't know. I have not had the sauce before. I have had the ravioli. The sauce is new to my repertoire this year, but every Trader Joe's employee was like, oh, no, you got to get this. It's so good. So I trust them. They know their products, so I'm very excited, and I will report back. Um, My mess is the forced hysterectomies in ice detention facilities. Shout out to the black woman who blew the whistle on that. Um... And I think that's, like, what's so disheartening is uh, this country, if you don't think that could happen, this country has a long history of forced sterilization or tricking women of color into sterilizing themselves without their consent. Um, Look up North Carolina. Um, They paid a settlement of several million dollars in 2014 because almost 7,000 people, many of them poor African-American women, um, were sterilized between 1929 and 1976. And, you know, a personal hero of Faith and I's, Fannie Lou Hamer, was tricked into being sterilized um, when she was a young woman in Mississippi. So there's a history of this. Um, But I think the thing that's, like, so frustrating to me is it just goes with, like, the things in which we're doing at the border and I think things that are being done. And Because ICE is a government agency. My tax dollars go towards that agency. So the things that you're doing with my money um, and, quote-unquote, in my name to immigrants right now in this country, it just... It's really sickening, and I just and I would say you know we had a lot of resources. Jenny Jenny Yang when she was on earlier in the season gave us a lot of resources. So if you're fired up about this, um, there are a lot of great resources. Go back and look at the show notes for that episode. Um, but you better believe my senators will be hearing from me because <laughs> I just this is I mean it's just oh Lord Jesus take the wheel. Um, that is what my mess is this week. So um, fix it, Jesus. We'll just pray over that whole situation. That's just a whole, it's just, it's really a whole thing. And speaking of people that are especially vulnerable during this pandemic time, they're all trying to live and survive. Um, I wanted to give a special shout out to organizations that are working with um children experiencing homelessness or children who don't have regular access to the internet um, but are having to do Zoom school or Google Meet school or whatever, (laughs) um, FaceTime school, whatever the school district can do to survive to make sure that kids are getting education. So a couple of organizations that I personally have been recommended to me, Outreach Inc. in Indianapolis, 
and also um, Schools on Wheels in Southern California. And then also, too, in Dallas, I would love to give a plug for Mercy Street. Great people working there, and I know they've been working extra hard to support their families during this challenging time. So if you have any little bit left over and are thinking about kids and organizations that are working to meet the needs of families who are really um, struggling during this time, um, please feel free to support these groups. Thanks. Well, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. We had so much fun laughing and hanging out with you all. Um, We want to take a shout out to two new um, patrons. We're so excited for Markla and Daphne to join our community. Thank you so much for supporting um, Melanated Faith. And if you would like to join our Patreon community, come on over. We would love to have you and we would love to grow more with you. You guys get some more exclusive content and we're planning some really cool things to share with our Patreon community Um, within this next month the other thing is is if you love what you're hearing right now give us a review on itunes that helps more people to find us and find our podcast so we would love if you shared your thoughts about the melanated faith podcast there and share it with your family and friends and we will see you all next week